Good Thursday. This is 91.3 KUAF, a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, December 22nd, 2022, and it's our last new show for the year. A series of specials from our archives, from our live shows, from our KUAF partners, and from national producers will be heard in this spot for the next couple of weeks. In fact, tomorrow, we present the 2022 Christmas concert from the Fort Smith Chorale. We'll start a new year of new editions of Ozarks at Large Monday, January 9th. We begin this last show of 2022 with an eye toward next year. The Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, or ACI, has spent 20 years focused on improving access to quality health care for all Arkansans, working to end financial barriers because of a lack of health insurance and mitigating health risks in order to improve Arkansas's underlying health concerns. This month, ACI announced it had created the new position of Director of Northwest Arkansas Community Engagement and hired Stephanie Blevins for the role. She's lived in Northwest Arkansas since 1995 and comes to the position from the office of outgoing Governor Asa Hutchinson. Last week, we reached Stephanie Blevins and Dr. Joe Thompson, President and CEO of ACI, by Zoom to discuss what's next. Northwest Arkansas, Kyle, is in a state of rapid transformation. You've got increasing demands on the health and the healthcare sectors. You've got growth in the population. You've got subpopulations that, that have challenges in, in leading you know, healthy and productive uh, lives. So this really is an investment of ACI with the data resources and analytics to try to support those efforts in Northwest Arkansas. And, and you mentioned the rate of transition. So we're growing. I think the statistic is still roughly 27 or 28 people per day, and, and it is a increasingly diverse population. You just mentioned that's part of it too, right? Yes. We have the Arkansas Healthcare Transparency Initiative. It's the state's all-payer claims database that can track you know, treatment for specific conditions. And we've been working with the Northwest Arkansas Council to look at how many Northwest Arkansas residents have to leave Northwest Arkansas to get care that they need. So this is clearly an opportunity to have uh, assistance to contribute the data that we have, the analytics that we have. And with Stephanie's coming on board, we'll have a person in Northwest Arkansas each and every day. Stephanie Blevins, let me ask you, how, how do you begin, uh, you know, to, to, to engage the community for ACHI in Northwest Arkansas? Well, I bring almost five years of uh, connecting with the community, um, working for the governor up here. I was the only employee that he had. And so I established wonderful relationships in the medical community, the business community, as well as the martial arts community. So I bring that, and I've been here since uh, 1995, and uh, all my kids went through Bentonville High School, my husband did, so we've got 25 years, I've got 25 years of, of establishing relationships, and that that is what I bring to, to ACHI. I open this up to both of you. Dr. Thompson, you mentioned working with the Northwest Arkansas Council, and I know that that Mercy and Community Clinic and a lot of other entities here are also working to expand. Is this part of a, a, a greater partnership between medical interests in Northwest Arkansas and the state? ACHI, over our over two-decade experience, has worked closely with both the health and healthcare providers in Northwest Arkansas. We've supported much of the work with the Pacific Islanders through the UAMS Northwest efforts with Pearl Shop. We've worked closely with the major corporate leaders uh, on payment transformation and, and insurance expansion. So we have been present in Northwest Arkansas, but I think you know, in today's world, we need to be 
outside of central Arkansas and present on a daily basis in northwest Arkansas to optimally offer support. Were there lessons learned in the last two or three years how to connect with community and how to better engage with folks about health, be it be it persistent uh, questions or something that rapidly develops like the pandemic? I think the pandemic challenged us all. I think ACHI stepped into a space that was a void in Arkansas. The health department does not provide local area information very well. And we stepped in and, and provided, you know, zip code, municipal, school district levels of COVID infection on a weekly basis. Uh, I participated with several of the school district board decisions around COVID strategies in Northwest Arkansas. And I think what we learned at ACI is that local area information is critically important. Healthcare is local, just like politics. And you've got to have local information to make good decisions. Stephanie, uh, are you able yet to imagine what a daily schedule is like for you? Or will there be such a thing as a regular daily schedule? I don't think there will be. Uh, Every day may look a bit different, and that's part of the joy of the job, reaching out and connecting to a variety of different people to help ACHI promote different health initiatives. Uh, Very excited to do that, but I don't think any day is going to be the same. Kyle, ACHI has invested a lot in improving the health of our Kansans, and over our two-decade-plus experience, that really fits in three different areas. One is our healthcare system. How does that function? Do we have enough providers? Are people able to access care at the time of need uh, locally? The second is community health. Are our communities vibrant and productive and leading to reinforcing opportunities for people to lead healthy lifestyles? There's a lot of that going on in Northwest Arkansas, and there will be more with Ms. Walton's investment in the whole health strategy. And then finally, there are individual decisions, whether somebody is smoking, whether they're exercising on a daily basis, whether they're eating a nutritious diet. So those three areas, healthcare systems, community health, individual health, that is a broad waterfront. And I can guarantee you that Stephanie's comment that no one day will look like the next will be true. We talked with Dr. Joe Thompson, the president and CEO of Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, and Stephanie Blevins, the newly hired director of Northwest Arkansas Community Engagement for ACHI, by Zoom last week. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. This summer, Fayetteville tech company Supply Pike raised $25 million in Series B capital to support its growth. And that growth has led the company to Rogers. Earlier this week, Supply Pike officials announced a corporate headquarters relocation to the Northgate office building. That's in the city's Pinnacle Hills area west of Interstate 49. The new office space is on the fifth floor and totals about 12,000 square feet. That is more than double Supply Pike's former Fayetteville office on North Steel Boulevard. The Pinnacle Hills office will house more than 130 Supply Pike employees. CEO and co-founder T.J. Sangam said he hopes the move to Rogers will fuel even more company growth by attracting top quality talent to the region. Supply Pike builds automation software that helps retail suppliers fight deductions, maximize cash flow, and increase productivity across various teams within their companies. It was spun out as a standalone business from logistics provider K-Stack in 2017. That's one of our online stories this week, and you can find that at nwabusinessjournal.com. We've got more news after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. 
Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. On Monday morning, Northwest Arkansas business and civic leaders gathered to help Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield dedicate a new public art sculpture at its Springdale Corporate Center. Award-winning sculptor and painter Kevin Cressy of Little Rock designed the six-foot-tall bronze artwork called The Milestone. It depicts a girl learning to ride her bicycle with the encouragement of her parents. Arkansas Blue Cross commissioned the work to pay homage to the region's popular outdoor activity while representing active families and the important milestones throughout a person's life. For some additional background, I spoke with Arkansas Blue Cross President and CEO Curtis Barnett. What's the purpose uh, of, of having this at your Northwest Arkansas Corporate Center? What does it add to it? Well, I think what it adds to it, it gives it, I think it shows our value to, to not only to our employees, but to our community, to our members, and really makes a statement about our commitment to, to health and well-being. So this just adds, it adds dignity to our, uh, to our building here, but also just shows further commitment we have to Northwest Arkansas. Right. Now, Kevin's uh, reputation precedes him, so what does it say about having Kevin work on this project and, and be in front and center of the building here. I mean, really, that made it even more special, and certainly we were aware of the work that Kevin does, certainly, you know, throughout the state, central Arkansas in particular, but his work that he's been doing on the Johnny Cash uh, statue for the for the U.S. Capitol was tracking kind of along with his work that he was doing for us as well. That just added a, another sense of excitement and appreciation to this, uh, this, this great event. So to have Kevin involved just made it even greater. So for listeners who haven't seen it yet, that well, it's a bicycle theme. It's a it's a bicycling, you know, three three members of a of a family there learning, teaching their daughter how to ride a bicycle. What? How did the how did the the process start? How did it begin? What did you tell Kevin that you wanted? Well, what we told Kevin that we wanted, we were looking for something that really emphasized quality of life that emphasized uh, really many of the core values to our company. Uh, we wanted to take advantage of the beautiful landscape that we have in Northwest Arkansas. We wanted to emphasize health. We wanted to emphasize a family connection. And Kevin came up with this idea. He conceived of it. He shared it with us. And we looked at each other and said, this is perfect. I mean, he absolutely nailed what we were looking for, and we couldn't be more pleased. Give me some perspective on Blue Cross Blue Shield as we end another year and getting ready to start another year as, as it relates to, I think we've been in the Northwest Arkansas corporate campus for about a year now, November 2021 had, a, had the dedication. What are you looking for as you start a new year? I think we know what we're looking for, you know, you know, and unfortunately, you know, the, the pandemic's not behind us completely, but certainly it's, it's, it's more in a rearview mirror than it's ever been before. So 
you know, really what we're thinking about now is how can we continue to take care of our members, not just in northwest Arkansas, but also throughout the state, as well as those that we have the good fortune to serve nationally as well. So what are, you know, better capabilities that we can bring to them to help them manage their health, help them better navigate the health care system? A lot of good things that we're working on right now that we continue, we are planning to, to roll out throughout the next year. And uh, it's really an exciting time to be involved in health care. And that is Curtis Barnett, president and CEO of the state's largest health insurer, Arkansas Blue Cross Blue Shield. He mentioned Johnny Cash in his comments. And for listeners who do not know, Kevin Cressy, that's the designer of the new art installment at Arkansas Blue Cross in Springdale, has also created an eight-foot-tall bronze statue of native Arkansan Johnny Cash, which will soon become part of the National Statuary Hall collection in Washington, D.C., For more on this story, you can find that at nwabusinessjournal.com. In other recent headlines, Texas-based D.R. Horton, the nation's largest home-building company, confirmed its intention to buy Fayetteville builder Riggins Custom Homes and its related entities for $107 million in cash. Included are approximately 3,000 lots, 170 homes in inventory, and 173 homes in the sales order backlog. The Northwest Arkansas Business Journal first reported the deal on December 6th. There is a major issue brewing in Arkansas's solar industry. It's regarding the extension of net metering grandfathering rules that lock down the price that solar array owners receive for the power they create over the lives of their systems. Solar industry officials had expected the grandfathering rules to be extended before they expire on December 31st. However, that is unlikely, as state regulators have yet to submit a proposal to do so. And without grandfathering, officials said solar businesses cannot adequately project the savings that arrays provide their customers. And the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal published its final issue of 2022 this week. On the cover, a profile of Mervyn Jebaraj. He is one of the state's most well-known economists, but in an interview with Michael Tilley, Jebaraj opens up about his world beyond the usual business and economic headlines. Plus, a feature on Sam Dean, the founding executive director of the Scott Family Amazium. He began working for the Bentonville Children's Museum 10 years ago. And Walmart executive Julie Barber discusses retail inventory and inflation issues. That's all in the latest issue. For those stories and much more, visit nwabusinessjournal.com where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large, just ahead on our show, Ernie and Earl Kate, the Kate brothers, celebrating an 80th birthday the day after Christmas, and they're also going to celebrate at George's Friday night. Paul Kelso and I will talk to them briefly, but right now, let's talk about other music with Timothy Dennis. Happy Christmas, Adam's Apple, Kyle. (laughs) Yes, well put. Happy holidays, all of them. Yes, yes. So, as you mentioned, tomorrow night, Kate's brother's birthday party after that, at George's Majestic Lounge, they're going to have the Don Kate Band on stage. Yes, they are. That show gets underway at 10 o'clock tomorrow night, again at George's in Fayetteville. And I do know that the Kate Brothers part, at least, is sold out. Right. Yeah. Right. Also happening tomorrow night, 612 Coffee House is going to have Friends of the Show, Circle of Thirds, in the house. Yeah. 
They're actually scheduled to be in our studio just after the new year. They've been through a lot of changes, a lot of growth in the last year, so we're going to catch up. Nice. That show tomorrow night at 612 Coffee House, though, gets underway at 6 o'clock. Moving on to Saturday. If you're looking for something to do on Christmas Eve, the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs is going to have chill singer-songwriter Kurt Hunter in the house. Now it's up to you to push on through and win a new day. You can be a hero. You can be a hero. Time to finally see the clouds from up above the grave. This is how a hero... On Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. What t- Do we know the time? It gets underway at 6 o'clock. Okay. So that's Saturday night. Okay, nothing happening really Christmas or for the few days following that. So let's jump ahead to next Friday. Uh Uh-oh, now we're going to get busy. Yeah, December 30th, day before New Year's Eve, George's Majestic Lounge for their happy hour show is going to have Leah and the Mojo Doctors in the house. Always fun. That has an $8 cover, gets underway at 6 o'clock next Friday, December 30th at George's in Fayetteville. The Late Show next Friday night at George's starts a two-night run for Arkansas. Oh, fun. Yeah. I've been stranded in the combat zone. I walked through Bedford Sky alone. Even rode my motorcycle in the rain. And you told me not to drive. But I made it home alive. And you said that Friday night, they're joined by the Mighty Pines. Saturday night on New Year's Eve, they're joined by Sickard Hollow. Okay. Tickets start at $20. Two-day passes, if they're still available, are $35. That's not bad. No, not at all. Friday night gets underway at 9.30. New Year's Eve gets underway at 9 o'clock. Again, that's happening at George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. Happening at Nomad's Trailside in Fayetteville on December 30th, they're going to have a rock show featuring the bands Fight Dream, Sleep Clinic, and Stash Hag. Has a $5 cover. That gets underway at 7 o'clock next Friday at Nomad's Trailside in Midtown Fayetteville. Happening up in Bentonville, Meteor Guitar Gallery next Friday is going to have Blanding Cube on stage. He's a rapper from Maryland. Okay. Tickets are $50 in advance. That gets underway at 8 o'clock next Friday at Meteor Guitar Gallery in Fayetteville. Chelsea's over in Eureka Springs is going to have Friends of the Family and Denny Spain game on stage. has a $10 cover, gets underway at 8 o'clock next Friday at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. The Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs next Friday is going to have Buddy Shoot and Mark McGee in the house. They're always fun as well. I love them. How much can a poor boy take? How much can a poor 
that gets underway at 7 o'clock next Friday at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Okay, now New Year's Eve. The early show at George's Majestic Lounge is going to feature the band Full House. Uh, that has a $15 cover. That will get underway at 6 o'clock New Year's Eve at George's in Fayetteville. Then, of course, the second night of Arkansas takes place after that. Also happening in Fayetteville on New Year's Eve, Nomad's Trailside is going to have an alternative and indie rock show featuring bands from throughout the region, including from here, Central Arkansas, and Eastern Oklahoma. The bands 40 Open, The Black Diamonds, Face Dancer, and The Espionage Act are all part of that bill. Wow. That has a $10 cover. That gets underway at 8 o'clock New Year's Eve at Nomad's Trailside in Fayetteville. And New Year's Eve is a Saturday. It is a Saturday. Meteor Guitar Gallery in Bentonville has a pretty big bill for New Year's Eve. They're featuring performances from DJ Momentum, Slick City, Sarah Lothan Band, Cole Birmingham Band, Foggy Bobcat, and Bootleg Royale. Tickets start at $30. That gets underway at 7 o'clock New Year's Eve at Meteor Guitar Gallery in Bentonville. The Parkhouse Kitchen in Siloam Springs on New Year's Eve is going to feature the band Hillstad. They're a group from Hot Springs. They have a full band, but for this show, they're bringing their acoustic guitar and piano duo. That show gets underway at 6 o'clock New Year's Eve at the Parkhouse Kitchen in Siloam. Over in Eureka Springs, the Gravel Bar is going to have Sky Pollard and Family Holler in the house for New Year's Eve. That set gets underway at 8 o'clock next Saturday at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. And that takes care of us for okay. the next couple days. All right. You and I will resume these sorts of conversations, I believe, on January 12th? 12th. Well, right. Oh, we've got music tomorrow in this space. Oh, absolutely. And we have music throughout the break, some holiday specials. We've got... The Fort Smith Corral coming up tomorrow. Noon and 7. Noon and 7. Their Christmas concert this year. Right. We've got some nationally distributed specials from PRX and elsewhere. Then next Friday, for the day before New Year's Eve, we're going to have a set from Reggie James' Gospel. Which was recorded at the Fayetteville Public Library, part right. of our Roots Fest. And then the following week, the following Thursday, we're going to have excerpts from our Lunch Hour series this past year. Wow. And then that... 
Friday that is preceding us coming back to new shows is going to feature performances from the past six months here on Ozarks at Large. All right. So plenty of music. We will have – this is our last new show of mm-hmm. 2022. We'll be back with you with new shows that aren't specials back mm-hmm. to the Ozarks at Large beginning on Monday, January 9th. Yeah. Happy holidays, Timothy. Happy holidays, Kyle. While the news from 2022 has often been hectic. That's what it sounded like in Kiev this morning as Ukrainians faced down the reality of a Russian invasion. The biggest change to abortion rights in the United States in nearly half a century We're is learning here. more about yesterday's FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago, home to former President Donald Something Trump. we hope you can be grateful for this season is our continued coverage. Every day, KUAF has brought you vital reporting from home. This month, the Arkansas Department of Education released letter grades for each school. And across the world. The World Cup is being played in the Middle East for the first time. Qatar. We're grateful for listeners like you who help public radio flourish. This holiday, you can fill your homes, cars, or earbuds with sounds, voices, and stories that are only available thanks to independent public radio. So thank you for listening to and supporting KUAF. Happy holidays. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm inside the Garner Performance Studio. I'm Kyle Kelms. With me is Paul Kelso. Paul, welcome. Well, thank you, Kyle. We had so much fun teaming up last week to talk with Brickfields. We thought we'd do it again. Yeah. We- who, who, who did you come in with this time? Oh, you know, just a couple of Northwest Arkansas legends. Actually, the state of Arkansas <laughs> legends. We have Ernie and Earl Kate. That's right. Yep. They're celebrating their 80th birthday. Yep. The day How after Christmas. Happened? I've been wanting to ask you, who was born first? Earl. Eight minutes. What time of day? I mean, just kind of curious since it was after you know, Christmas. I, I don't remember. I can't remember. You don't remember? <laughs> we, don't, we, we were there, but we don't remember. <laughs> I think I remember. Let's see. <laughs> So, Ernie, over the years, has he, you know, pulled that, well, I'm your older brother type thing? No, not really. No? Yeah. I say I'm the youngest. I was born first, and the doctor was, he thought that was it, you know. He was kind of packing up his stuff. And it was at our grandmother's house in Marshall. Both grandmothers were there, my dad's mom and mom's mom. And anyway, he thought thought we was done. and And one of the grandmas said, I think she's not doing right. Something's wrong. Sure enough, he went in there. There was another one. (laughs) That was me. Now, like Alex and Eddie Van Halen. I mean, (laughs) Eddie started playing the drums, Alex on guitar. Yeah. Did you all start on the instruments that you still play now? Uh, No. Earl started banjo guitar. I played guitar, disc guitar, rhythm guitar. And then finally got a little band together. They needed a piano, so I started playing piano. Trying to play piano. <laughs> and we had an upright piano at the house. And yeah. Just kind of taught ourselves. Did anybody else in the in the house play? No. Just does. Her dad uh, always. Uh, he's always playing the harmonica. And, yeah, my dad always kind of wanted to play, but he, you know, he'd take it square dances and in the neighborhood, and you know, listen to people with the guys pickers, you know. We kind of learned from them. When you recorded your first album, what did the studio look like? Was it real to real? Were you putting on the real to real? Well, it's kind of hard to describe because actually it's probably the first recording we did was a straight-to-disc th- thing this guy in Springdale had at his house. You know, cut it on a lathe. You did it live as you were singing it, printed a disc, a 45, right? Put the stuff in Fort Worth, that was a... And then, and then it, when Fort Worth, where we just, the Cates Gang mm-hmm. thing started, that was Delta Studios. That was a pretty nice place. 
Yeah. It, was, it was real to real. This was real. Well, it wasn't days so it was real to real, yeah. yeah. So, you know, most people, when they have a birthday, other people throw them the party. Here, you guys are going to have your 80th, and we're making you work for us. That's fun. Well, Bonnie's putting a lot of work into it. But we yeah. didn't want to take that Friday off. I was kind of hoping it just kind of slipped by and nobody noticed. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Bonnie's making a big deal out of it. Set list? Do you, do you already have the set list? Do you know what you'll play? Pretty much. I don't know. We played with Sleep, Sleep at the Wheel Friday in Eureka at the auditorium. That was kind of fun. I hadn't seen those guys in quite a while. So for uh, 65 years, I'm, I mean, y'all were playing when you were about 15, right? Yeah. Throughout the career of the Cape Brothers, what were some of the high points? Oh, gosh. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> you know, getting, of course, Levon Helm has always been, was always a friend of ours. So the fact that we played with him quite a bit. After he did Coal Miner's Daughters, he took us on tour. We did Canada and all around. And then the band started to get back together. And so Levi said, well, I'll do it if I can bring the Kates along with me. So we ended up bringing our whole four guys. You know? yeah. And the band, we played a lot of shows with the band. That was And did recorded to some videos. Went to Japan, you know. And it, that was a high point. And then, of course, the Clinton's inauguration, we got to play a couple of Blue, Blue Jean Bash things. Mm. A bunch yeah. of... You know, Bob Dylan, a bunch of people, yeah. That's funny because I still have a poster in in my house. It was the week before the election, and there was a—he was speaking, Bill Clinton was speaking on the old main lawn. Yeah, and I have this poster, and it says, Bill Clinton with Senator Dale Bumpers, the UA Inspirational Corral, and the Cape Brothers. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's a once-in-a-lifetime for yeah, <laughs> Bill right yeah, there. You know, we were up on the lawn there, and, and, and he, he was late as usual. We were playing. We could see the plane circling, you know, like, well, that's, that's Bill. Yeah, he, he's coming. So we had to stretch our sets. <laughs> We'd play before that when he's governor, when he got into his you inauguration know, for governor. We even played a party for him. Inaugural ball, I guess. Inaugural ball, yeah. For did, governor. Did, did he play sax? Uh, I think he did at yeah, that. I, I think he did at that one, but he didn't at the presidential thing, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember one time Tyson had his birthday party down in Russellville, the training center, and Bill and Hillary came. This before he was, he was still governor, right? And the band was there, and Ronnie Hawkins, all these people that he dawned to bring in. And uh, anyway, the band was playing, and Bill came over and Everybody said, that sounds kind of like the band. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Thank you both so much. Paul, thanks for setting this up. You're welcome. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Good to be here. And happy birthday. Ernie and Earl Kate came to the Furman Garner Performance Studio at KUAF earlier this week. And by the way, you can hear Paul Kelso's Generic Blues Show every Friday night at 9 on 91.3 KUAF and every Sunday afternoon from 4 to 6 on KUAF 3 with your digital radio by asking your smart speaker to play KUAF3 or by streaming from KUAF.com.
This is Lia Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with Joy from Awakening, Songs of the Earth, by American composer Joseph Curiale. Curiale began a successful career as a film and television composer on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson in 1982, before delving into the world of symphonic music. Awakening was first recorded and released in 1997, and the piece is described by the composer as, quote, a melding of jazz harmonies, strong, memorable melodies, and ethnic influences presented in an elegant symphonic setting, end quote. Since 1997, Joy, one of the movements of the piece, has become a modern American standard performed by thousands of high school and college wind ensembles, marching bands, and major drum corps. Joy, a piece influenced by the American that Leonard Bernstein and Aaron Copland reflected in their own music, is a piece that highlights the power of each group of instruments in the orchestra, bringing shine, hope, and indeed, joyfulness. That was Joy from Awakening, Songs of the Earth, by American composer born in 1955, Joseph Curiale. Composer Alexis Alrich's music is influenced by West Coast minimalism, French Impressionism, Asian music, and American roots music. Alexis Alrich is a composer of chamber, orchestral, and choral music. Her style is tonal and melodic, creating a musical narrative with percussive, dance-like rhythms and colorful use of instruments. 
Muse of Fire was composed by Alrich for the Impetus Percussion Quartet in 2015 and since has become a favorite piece for percussion ensembles. This piece is heavily influenced by the sounds of Asian cultures. Elrich was introduced to these sounds first as a student at the New England Conservatory, and then she experienced these sounds herself while living in Hong Kong from 2007 to 2017. This movement from Muse of Fire, performed this time by Orphic Percussion, is the third and final of the composition, and it is scored entirely for keyboard percussion. Two marimbas, one xylophone, and one vibraphone. Today, we have listened to joyful music by American composers and celebrated sounds that bridge cultures and connect us as human beings. As we enter this season of celebrations, I invite you to find music that includes us all and brings us closer together. 
This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sound Perimeter is a segment dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. See you soon. This is Ozarks at Large. As we close out our year of new shows, we want to end with one of our favorite guests, Nate Walls. Nate's a chef and the owner of Secondhand Smoke Barbecue and Catering. And he's also the founder of Second Helping NWA, a nonprofit dedicated to helping our community through food. He combines his passions of cooking and helping every day of the year. And since the pandemic, he's stepped it up even more. We invited him back to the studio to talk about his seasonal activities, including working with Jeremy Gothrop from Woodstone Pizza on a toy drive this year and so much more. I asked Nate how that particular endeavor began. Uh, three years ago, um, he saw what we were doing during COVID and said, hey, hey, let's do a toy drive or something. You know, you know, I don't I don't know much about what's really going on in the community you know, you know, and and that's being transparent, but but I want to help, and I got a lot of people that support me in Woodstone, and and I want you to get some of that love as well. So, um, um, he had that set up, and people just poured in, and it was, I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, it just took me back to to this is really happening uh, for the right reasons. So, uh, so Woodstone Pizza has been uh, doing this tour drive for three years, and and it's gained traction every year. And 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 at at two locations, people have been dumping into uh, uh, the boxes that they have out there. And and uh, and uh, I am so fortunate to know people uh, like Jeremy. He's an awesome dude. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been in Northwest Arkansas? Um, I've been in Northwest Arkansas since 1992. 30 years. What brought you here? What keeps you here? Um, so so what brought me here, I originally, initially, I wanted to go to school and, and just change a venue, just came out the Army. Um, and so I came here. Everybody talked about it. This is the place to be, you know, uh, even back then. And you know, I got into you know it's been well documented my struggles with drugs, dealing drugs, um, alcohol, and all of that, and and coming to a place like this, and 
and being able to navigate through all my struggles is it, just a testament of of how people are are so forgiving in this area. Um, and so I love Fayetteville to death. You know, I know a lot of people, knew a lot of athletes, um, I just was able to um, be my own person and and not felt in some kind of way. I think think we all run into different uh, types around here, but that would make Norfolk, Arkansas so awesome. So, And I got to know a lot of people even before second helping, so that's always beneficial too. You mentioned uh, Jeremy saw what you were, you and, and, and your friends were doing uh, during COVID, and the one sentence description is feeding people, right? I mean, you were making sure, because that was a tough time. It was. It was. So, so uh, during uh, COVID, we were feeding, and Jeremy uh, was doing a program called Get Shift. <laughs> done. Okay. S H I F T. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Um, and and he, his people were able to come into our space and help us out. Um, my thing was just plain old, you know, just just comfort food, and and I just think that that's where people uh, go back to the foundation, like we talked about earlier. And just remember 20, 30 minutes of just just feeling in a good time because people remember the awesome time. It's like perfume. You remember exactly where you were and who you were with, you know. And and Jeremy was able to align me with people that was a little bit smooth over than I am. <laughs> and they uh, taught me a lot of things and put some food in the community, a healthy food, and taught me about healthy food that really – it benefited the whole community, and and uh, he's taught me a lot—not just food, about how to deal with with just the world of the nonprofit, and and people in general, how to talk in a bigger space than what I was used to. So. You're a chef. Yeah. Um, do you rely more on recipes you've known for a while, or do you like to experiment and create new? That's a good question. <laughs> um, so. So I always get it from uh, what my mom taught me, you know, but but I've been able to graduate to different uh, kind of techniques, just just talking to different people. Um, in the Army, we learned a lot of different techniques, and um, I've been I've had the opportunity to go down in Houston, and and we uh, learned for about a month. There was this guy. Um, uh, that I worked with for like a month, and he did these huge fairs. And I learned so much about mesquite. That's why I use mesquite in my barbecue. You know, I use mesquite and apple. So apple for the color mm-hmm. and mesquite for that strong, robust flavor. So so I learned a lot from that guy. And, the, and, and also in Texas, you got all kind of different people, a lot of different people, even uh, more diverse than uh, Northwest Arkansas, so so it was it was very beneficial on 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 how I dealt with people. Even learned a lot of Spanish as well. So, <laughs> Nate, I got to tell you, like every other interview that I do, if someone's putting on an event or they're having an event, they'll say, "Oh," and we got to think. And there's always they always almost always say secondhand smoke, and I think to myself, "Does Nate get sleep? Does he take care of himself? Is he okay?" Because you do a lot. I remember sleep, and I was pretty fond of it. <laughs> you know, um, I, 
I would like some time off, but right now we can't do that. Um, whether it's secondhand smoke or second helping right now during this season, um, I can remember a time when uh, I didn't uh, have a Christmas and my brother didn't have a Christmas, because not because, you know, uh, my mom was, she just couldn't afford it. And those kind of feelings I see all the time in communities because it comes off as as the parents are angry. I'm going to tell you something that when you don't have and you live in lack, it comes off as anger. And we use the term tough love. A lot of not having and feeling less than as a parent, it'll it'll come off as tough love because you, you just feel, you know, uh, can I use the word powerless? Mm-hmm. You just feel powerless. And, and I always... You know, I always think about that in the holidays, and I want to do the best for for some people at that time because this is the time of giving is so commercialized. You know, it's Christmas. What are you going to get? What are you going to get? And I want them to have something. And apparently a lot of people in this area feel the same way because they pour into this uh, second helping thing. And it's no... It's a nonprofit, it's an outreach, but it's also a movement at this point. So I appreciate everybody out there. Where can people find out more about it? Uh, You can go um, uh, on our webpage, secondhelpingnwa.com, and, you know, um, uh, you can see what we're doing. We always post current things on my Facebook, Second uh, Nate Walls. Uh, We're going to build a second helping thing so people can go to events and and thing and uh and um all the pictures are documented but but if you want to donate uh, it's second helping nwa uh dot com and um uh, we uh, you know that's the only way you operate and be able to progress is through donation you know I'm not a real big I need money I need a money guy but but uh, the realistic part of facts it are facts. is you have to have have money to do things for people and uh, you know I think. I think that uh, that doing that and understanding that um, is something that we have to get to and not feel a certain kind of way about it because what we want to do is have an outreach building, a soup kitchen, and all of those great things on people. Um, um, just earlier, um, I think we talked about, you know, uh, seeing this young lady right outside and mm-hmm. Um, Before we started our yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah. And, and and just I can tell the kind of person you are, just how you didn't didn't act a certain kind of way, and and I'm used to it, but a lot of people, not that they they feel some kind of way about people in the community, is that they don't understand, and a big part of what we do is making people understand or letting them get into the world of people that have a little bit less, but it doesn't make them any less important. I know Christmas and holidays are hectic, but I have a feeling that if I'm talking to you on January 15th or February 8th, you haven't really slowed down that much. It's still hectic. Yeah, I mean, this sort of thing that we're talking about doesn't stop on January 1st. It doesn't. um, uh, uh, Poverty doesn't have a shelf life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's uh, year round. It's day to day. This this is unfortunately this is a lot of people's uh, lives. And um, if I said I had all the answers, I don't. But but I I truly believe that we're stronger together. And um, 
no, uh, you're right, there is no off button to this thing. And we talk about how do we stop it, and I don't know. I think poverty um, is is a byproduct of a lot of different things. Um, there's a lot of veterans with a lot of issues. Me, myself, you know, I've gone through a lot of things being a vet. Um, and 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 mental illness is, is a lot. Mm-hmm. Even I have to go to therapy just to kind of like unpack all the things that happened to me. And and there's a lot of people can't afford that kind of stuff. Right. And they're dealing with it the best they, uh, the best way they know how. And I know from our conversation before we started recording, you're busy on Christmas Day, but I hope you get a nap. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> now, hey, you're talking dirty now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you so much, Ken. Nate Walls is the founder of the nonprofit Second Helping NWA and the owner of Secondhand Smoke Barbecue and Catering. As he said, you can find out more at secondhelpingnwa.com and secondhandsmokenwa.com. Our conversation took place last week. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Knoll, Missouri. Timothy Dennis produced today's show and today's sound perimeter in the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio. Contributors today included Timothy, Paul Gatling, Leah Uribe, and Paul Kelso. We take our winter break now, and we will return with new shows on Monday, January 9th. Thank you to my colleagues and co-workers and show partners for a great, if often busy, 2022. I cannot wait to launch into more after our break. And thank you for your continued support and more for this show. We're nearly 33 years in and grateful for your attention and your help. Happiest of all the holidays to you. From the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Kyle Kellums. See you in 2023.